Hi there, and welcome to the Creative Operations Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Groom, and in this podcast, we'll be talking with creative operations leaders in all kinds of industries, from franchising to finance, from healthcare to hospitality and beyond. We'll be looking to uncover best practices and to see trends that are coming to help you keep your creative operations on brand and on budget at the same time. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Creative Operations Podcast 2.0. I'm your host, Kevin Groom, and I'm here today with Kimberly Harrison. She's the Director of Marketing for the Hospitality Family. Um, and Kim, it's really a pleasure to have you here. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be here. Absolutely. Now, uh, on the Creative Operations Podcast, our family of listeners always likes to hear a little bit about your journey into this uh, somewhat unique world of creative operations. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, I have a very um, just long and winding background. I've worked in practically every industry from obviously restaurants to higher education to education technology. Um, But here I am back in the restaurant industry, which is where I have my roots. Uh, The Hospitality Family is a restaurant group that's based in Richmond, Virginia. We've been around since the 1980s. Currently, we have uh, three different concepts with nine locations scattered across Richmond. So um, very robust restaurant group that's been here for a long time. And we uh, we've loved being part of this community for as long as we have. Well, that's great. You know, and the restaurant business, uh, as I was thinking about that, you guys have been uh, affected in so many different ways uh, by the past three years. You know, the ups and downs, both creatively uh, from a brand perspective and operationally. So I wanted to just start there and and hear how the pandemic and everything associated with it has affected the restaurant business from your perspective in the creative operations kind of realm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's not news to anyone that the pandemic has been hard on our industry. Uh, we were fortunate to have weathered it pretty well. Um, we we still have no, you know nine restaurant locations. We actually opened a location within the last year, um, so we're doing pretty well. Um, so we're lucky. Um, you know, aside from having to close restaurants and go you know almost virtual as a restaurant group, which is impossible to fathom. Um, you know, on the, on the creative operations side, we had to really think about how we connect with our people, especially when so much of what we do is in person. And, and that went away during the pandemic. Mm. Um, you know, from a marketing operations perspective, we had to really take a step back and think about, you know, how else can we reach people if we're not seeing them in our stores? And and so that was probably our biggest challenge when I joined the, the company. Um, I joined as the pandemic was ending, if we can truly say that it has. Um, in May of 2021. And so a lot of my focus was on looking for ways to connect with people we hadn't seen in a couple of years who may have been regulars, um, reaching new audiences who may have moved to the city uh, during the, the pandemic who didn't have the opportunity to experience our restaurants before everything closed down. Um, and so it forced us to you know, really think creatively and become more agile and a little bit more nimble. Um, those are challenges that we're still figuring out even now, but I think we've come a long way in the last year and a half or two years. That's interesting, you know, especially in, in the um, in the aftermath as we've started to see folks returning uh, to to uh, dining and, and really with great enthusiasm. Have you guys found that some operations or some locations are doing much, much better than others? Do you find it geographically localized or has it been a rising tide across uh, the entire family? You know, I think it has been location specific. Um, 
five of our nine restaurant locations are based near some kind of body of water. And so, of course, those were the ones that tended to see people coming back more quickly. Um, There's opportunities for outdoor dining for those who weren't quite ready to eat indoors again. Um, Of course, the atmosphere is a big part of the experience there. And that's what what brought people back so quickly. So um, so those I think those locations started to see a, a bit of improvement a little bit quicker than others. Um, that's not to say that our locations are suffering. They're all starting to come back. It's been really mm-hmm. nice to see the energy pick back up. Um, four of our locations that are not based on the water are in mall settings. And so, you know, this past holiday season where we saw a big uptick in shoppers actually going out and not relying on an Amazon or just online shopping yeah. did come to our restaurants again. And it was really nice to welcome them back. That's great to hear. It's great. Uh, now, from a supply chain perspective, I would assume that you guys may have found yourself, you know, ca- kind of calling some audible signals, uh, you know, as the conditions changed. Um, uh, and I would think that that would have an impact, let's say, on uh, both, you know, the kitchen staff, of course, and and, uh, and the, the wait staff, but also on menu production and that sort of stuff, promoting mm-hmm. products that you came up with, you know, in response to changing conditions. Is that, in fact, the case? And how did you guys deal with uh, those kinds of uh, of uh, uh, volatilities. Yeah, big time. It definitely impacted my world. Um, and I think it still is impacting my world. Um, you know, I mentioned we opened a restaurant in the in the last year. And so as part of that, you want to get swag and you want to get a lot of, you know, things that are branded that you can physically hand out to people. And, um, you know, we celebrate things like National Margarita Day and Cinco de Mayo at our Mexican concept, Casa del Barco. Um, and so a lot of the, the things that I wanted for those campaigns were just hard to get. It was the lead time was weeks long months long in some cases. And so either I had to learn pretty quickly that I had to build in um, a lot of lead time to get things designed and then ordered and shipped and, you know, to our stores, or I had to pivot and say, maybe this is not the year that we do branded cups for Cinco de Mayo, we do something else. Mm. Um, And so, you know, generally, you would like things to be easy, we like things to be there when we need it. But, you know, it also gave us an opportunity to be creative and and kind of challenge ourselves to think, you know, maybe we don't do a branded cup. What else can we do? Or, um, you know, and it it led to some really cool innovations that we were able to to just kind of pivot to, which was fun. Well, you know, it's uh, we we spend a lot of time with the in-house agency form. I think of you guys as like being an in-house agency serving all those locations. Mm -hmm. And, And one of the things that we've found, you know, consistently in that community has been, Everybody's doing more with less and less, it seems, you know, fewer and fewer heads, more and more demands along the way. And it sounds like as you grow your restaurant locations, you guys face that that sort of problem of scale as well. Is that the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, growing, it, you, you've probably heard and seen headlines that during the pandemic, a lot of people left the restaurant industry. So you, yeah. you, there was a lot of historical knowledge that just went away. Um, and so as we're trying to continue to grow and open new restaurants and, and grow our staff, you know, we've, we've, been very fortunate to bring in a crop of all new brand new restaurant um, teammates that have never worked in the industry before. And so with that comes a lot of new ideas, a lot of new ways to do things. Um, And, you know, it's a shame to have lost a lot of the, you know, the veterans that left the industry. Um, Some of them have come back, but this is kind of an opportunity to start fresh and and look at things with new eyes. And so um, it's not all been bad news. 
That's good to hear. So tell us a little bit about sort of the, the way you guys support your locations. How big is the team and how does it does it work out of a headquarters or are you guys like so many others, 100 percent virtual? How's that working these days? So the team is me. <laughs> I, I am a party of one um, running marketing for nine restaurants. I, I do work from home, um, uh-huh. you know, with our location scattered throughout the Richmond area. Um I, I go to them when I need to, I, to get content, to connect with the teams that are there, but I am home-based 100%. Um, you know, that allows me to shift my focus from one concept to another pretty quickly. Um, you know, it is challenging, uh, but you know, we found ways to make it work and it keeps me busy and it keeps me sharp and I'm I'm grateful for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So everything from print and traditional to social media, to advertising, to events and promotions, all of that is on your plate. And and I I can imagine the workflow must be simple (laughs) because you are a one woman workflow right there. (laughs) Um, I've, yeah, it's forced me to create some new processes. Um, you know, to rise to all of the, the needs of all of our restaurants, but um, it's been good. It's it's made me a better marketer, I think, because I I have to be very choosy about where I spend my time, and and um, a lot of what I do, um, I try to to have data driven decision making, which you know is like the golden nugget in marketing. You want to know that your campaigns are performing and that you can you know, quantitatively show that. And so I spend a lot of my time looking for solutions for that. Um, just so that I know that the work I'm putting in is actually producing results for us. So oh, that's fascinating. So when when you are working with one of the concepts or one of the locations, do you feel like the the flow is from your sort of creative notions down to the restaurant? Or do you often find that they're sort of pushing up and saying, hey, we need some help here because you know we're we're seeing decreased demand or competitive threats or which direction does it flow mostly? Uh, generally, it is coming from me, but our teams at the stores are so innovative. And so guaranteed once a week, I hear from one of our general managers who has all these ideas for new things they can do to interact with their, with their customers. And I so appreciate the enthusiasm there because it, you know, it jogs my mind to think of new ways to do things too. And, um, I love that they're invested in making sure that we're connecting with our communities in all the ways we can be. So while a lot of the creative direction comes from me, the ideas do flow both ways. That's great. You know, I, one of the, the challenges that we hear a lot about, again, for that in-house kind of community is they've got big ideas, you know, big promotions, big uh, campaigns that may unfold over the course of weeks or months. But then there's sort of a drumbeat of one-off requests that are coming in from the field and juggling those things has often been a challenge. Do you find that just being a, a one-person shop that you have to do that same kind of juggling? Yeah, sure. Um, there is there is that fair amount of juggling. Um, you know, we are big believers in open communication. And so if there is an idea that I just don't have the capacity for, you know, it's never taken personally that I, I say no to it, you know, for now. Um, but I don't discourage anyone from bringing those ideas to me anyway. And if I can do it, then I do, you know, I find pockets of time here and there where I can create a new marketing asset for someone that they're really excited about. And I'm happy to do that. Um, just because I want to keep that fire alive for them too. If I say no to every idea, then they're going to stop coming to me with them. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I gotcha. And, and, you know, when you think about it from a, uh, from a data perspective, are you running a CRM system that ties all of these guys together? Or does each brand have kind of its own structure for managing its customer base? How does that work? Yeah, we, so, um, our, our point of sale system kind of acts as our CRM. We are, um, customers of Toast and we've been with them for a few years now. 
Um, mm-hmm. And just the way that all of the reporting integrates either down to a single location or across our entire restaurant group has been great. Um, and kudos to them for having a marketing module that I actually do get to use that produces data for me and um, specifically email marketing. I run through them and I can see, you know, sales tied to a single email that I sent out on a random week. And so, um, so we do rely on that pretty heavily and it's, it's been good for us. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you when you think about the future and the mm-hmm. trends that you see coming either in media types or in the kinds of tools that, that you guys are using, what do you mm-hmm. see as the big trends that are uh, ahead for you as we come out of the pandemic and life normalizes? Again? Yeah. Oh, if only. <laughs> um, you know, we've done a lot of just experimenting um, really since I came on board. We've done everything from large scale traditional media marketing, like taking out billboards, um, Mm -hmm. everything down to, you know, social media campaigns that are very, very pinpointed to specific audiences. Um, For me personally, um, I, I, I find that I'm pivoting away more from traditional media the more that I do it. Uh, mm. It's just really hard to prove that those um, that those campaigns are producing for us anything other than brand resonance, which is still great. But at the end of the day, my job is to make sure I'm driving business to our locations. And that's hard to quantify with something like a billboard or a print ad. Um, you know... I am looking at different technologies that can tie into our social media marketing um, that can show our engagement rates in a little bit more detail so that I can make sure that any campaigns I'm putting out in the social space are actually producing for us. Um, we're, of course, digging more into video um, on social media. Reels are the future. And we've seen that. Uh, we've done some experimenting there. And just seeing the engagement rates um, and how they differ across just a reel versus a static post is pretty powerful. And so yeah. video is something that we'll be pursuing probably more in the future as well. Yeah, which is really interesting, too, because the production skills to produce that stuff, you know, that the level of skill required to do that and do it effectively, uh, mm-hmm. that's changing, too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just a sea of content that, that seems to be emerging. Um mm-hmm. You know, when, when you think about the uh, the traditional side of things and brand awareness, it, it brings to mind, uh, I was reading an article from the ANA where they said ChatGBT, uh, you know, AI has been asked the question, um, where should marketers be putting their dollars? You know, mm-hmm. really interesting question to ask of AI. And it has said to promotional techniques, non-traditional uh, digital promotional techniques and away from brand awareness. And of course, you know, the, the, the classic sort of brand building, um, philosophy that's driven things for so many years rears up its head at, at, at that kind of challenge. And yet, you know, behaviors seem to be supporting that as well, that mm-hmm. we're getting much more practical, much more pragmatic and much more digital as we go. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, you know, as that trend continues, you're going to see more democratizing of uh, these campaigns so that, let's say, individual restaurants might be starting to launch their own campaigns and do so um, locally at a hyper local level? Or do you think it will all still be driven from the headquarters on down? I think um just in, in answering this question today, we'll always be headquarter driven. Um, you know, with having three concepts, um, we have the boathouse, which is our seafood concept with four locations, Casa del Barco, our Mexican concept with three locations, and then Island Shrimp Co. with two locations. Um, you know, it, things can get a little messy, you know, even within a concept. And so yeah. we, we want to make sure that our brand is consistent across locations, no matter what neighborhood that, um, particular store is located in. And so we'll always have some centralized aspect to what we do in marketing for this restaurant group. 
With that being said, I just said that these uh, stores are located in neighborhoods. And so there yeah. will be opportunities at the store level to create, you know, distinct campaigns that connect directly with the people right around their store. An example I'll give is uh, we have uh, one Casa del Barco that's located in an area on the Canal Walk, a very historic part of Richmond. Um, we've got a big, beautiful patio there. And that is somewhere that people take their dogs to a lot. And oh. so I've, you know, worked with the general manager there to talk about ways we can partner with, you know, some nonprofits that you know, service animal owners or dogs. And so, you know, that will be a specific campaign for that store because of their location. But otherwise, you know, overall brand stuff will still come from me, you know, at my home office here. Um, but we do allow a little bit of freedom to, to connect directly with the communities. And I think that's important. That's great. Freedom within a framework is a phrase we always use. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're providing. Yeah. Also, you know, on that um, uh, pet driven nonprofits, I'll send you uh, a, the name of an organization that I think you might really like. Their mission in life is to find lost pets. Uh, and that. so they have communication tools but with police departments around the country um, mm -hmm. to find lost pets. It might be something that would be, you know, a good one. I believe they operate in Richmond. Our CTO is actually from Richmond. So oh, I'm going to tell them to, to stop in on one of your uh, locations very Definitely. soon. Uh, so that's awesome. Well, listen, I want to say thank you for joining us today. This has really been an enlightening conversation, and we appreciate you spending time with us. So, right. um, and everybody, um, uh, stay tuned for the next uh, episode of Creative Operations, and, and thanks for joining us today.